Hey, it's Edgar. Hey, it's Lefia. And welcome to the Minor Report podcast. This week, we have a lot to talk about. We talk about Harvey Weinstein and his indictments. We talk about Starbucks and their racial bias training. We talk about Roseanne getting canceled. We talk about Elon Musk and his tirade against the media and so much more. So stay tuned. talked about the bombshell reports yes. a few months ago. Yes, we did. Harvey Weinstein kind of spurred the Me Too and the Time's Up movements. Yes, he was one of the first like big fish that the New York Times and I think the Atlantic or was it the New Yorker? A lot, a lot of actually, a lot of, publica- a lot of were, publications had a lot like of dirt on it. There were like two major publications yeah. that released reports. It was wild at time. once. It was wild um, time, and it sort of led to this snowball effect. Yes, of shitty people being called out in Hollywood. Yeah, the the reckoning. The reckoning. <laughs> um, it's he's back thing. in the news because he was arrested. Yeah, and we kind of buried the lead there. He's been and, arrested. This is huge. He's been arrested and indicted on two counts of rape. Now, indicted does not mean charged. It just means he has to go to court. It's the beginning. It's, it's the beginning. It's the beginning. And hopefully it's not just a symbolic thing. Uh, but still, this is a huge win. It is, uh, you know, quite possibly um, one of the biggest gets so far. Of course, uh, we already talked about Bill Cosby. Um, but this is huge, huge deal and very, very meaningful. Um, but he says he's going to plead not guilty. Um, it, it seems that a lot of the cases against him uh, have passed um, like the time frame or whatever that is uh, legally available to, you know, yeah, the press statute charges. of limitations. Um, so, you know, uh, there's like a very narrow window on how to get him. But if you listen to some of that audio, I think it was the New Yorker who posted some of the yeah. audio that, um, the NYPD had on uh, Mr. Weinstein. Holy shit. Like, it's wild, dude. It's not looking good for him. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be very, very hard to convince a jury that um, Harvey Weinstein did not do this. It is, um, it's good news. It is good news. Fuck you, Harvey Weinstein. Fuck you, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Let's do some white nonsense. Yeah, we're we're jumping straight into it. There's been this, you know, really interesting week. There's been It's been a very interesting week. It's There's been, been a lot of hot garbage. It's been, you know, besides uh Pusha T Drake beef, which has been oh eating my, my life. Uh, That's is, all Edgar and I have been talking about this week. And he's just been sending me so, meme after meme. The meme game, I'll say this about the beef. The meme game strongest it's ever been like i'll you know i you know i'm a big fan of the old classic hip-hop beefs but this beef gave us the memes and it did that's what it's all about but but besides the meat uh besides the the rat beef going on right now that's sort of you know taking over the news there has been a lot of things that have happened a lot of white nonsense so much hot garbage yes and there was okay started it actually started last week and we missed one of those stories but we needed to talk about it because it's something that we've touched on before but we finally have a ruling so, the NFL. Yes. National Football League. National Football League. Hot trash for lots and lots and lots of reasons. Has a new Olivia's anthem. not a fan of the NFL as... As an organization. <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> has a new anthem protest policy. Yes. They finally gave us what their policy is going to be on anthem protests. A lot of people have been waiting for this. So, do you want to hear it? 
Yes. The new anthem protest policy doesn't allow for protesting on the field. Basically, anything that'll be televised right. during the national anthem, they said you have to respect the flag, you have to respect the anthem. Mm-hmm. If you aren't going to do that, stay in the locker room. Otherwise, your team will be fined, and that fine could possibly be passed on to players. No, no, that's the key. The key difference here is that the fine is only for the teams. Yeah, the fine could possibly be passed on to players, though. Well, no, it's because they want to protect players. This is like one of the two mandates. Uh, one of the two mandates that the NFL had was they had to find a way to respect uh, a lot of the viewers, but also to respect the player's Mm. right to protest. So players actually will not be fined in this case, but the teams will. Now, that doesn't mean that individual players can't get in trouble because the uh, NFL teams can actually have their own policy when it comes to uh, anthem protesting. Ah, That makes more sense. So the teams themselves could punish an individual player with a... I don't know, a fine or whatever. Should have read that more carefully. <laughs> right, but it's uh, it, 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 this is big news because... It is big news. And, well, and I'll let you oh, keep going because there's more to it. I mean, yeah. Um, as you said, teams get to make their own workplace rules and sanctions, um, meaning different teams can have different consequences for protesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the owner of the Jets this week said, all right, fuck it. If, they, if we get fined, we'll pay it. Um, so obviously, you know... Pro their players, seemingly. Right. right. Well. <laughs> um, yeah. A I'll... lot of people, though, saw this as a tone deaf response to the yes. protesting and yes. the NFL sort of bending to the whim of their viewership, largely conservative, largely. Yes, but one, pro one Donald specific Trump viewer, and Donald Trump specifically, who's yes. called the NFL multiple names. Multiple times. Yes. This including SOBs, like So, you know, um I mean I mean, so it's like a it doesn't please anybody because yeah. um they don't stop the protesting completely. Teams can skip the national anthem. They are totally within their right to do it, um, which is gonna anger a lot of people. But also, they're not allowed to do it in a televised area, which is also going to anger a lot, a lot of people. Of people yeah. So it's just like they're in a no-win situation. But it is very tone-deaf because, you know, people have the ability to protest. Like, that is a given right. Um, now, like you said, some teams are totally for it. But um, as you know, some other teams are not. And actually, the NFL team owners, when they were deciding this, they were very split on this. This was like you know, the most insane compromise they could come up with. Um, and I, I don't know how I feel about it because it's like one part is it doesn't seem like they could get a better compromise than this. But at the same time, it's like, this is bullshit. Like, it's not good at all. Yeah, I am firmly in the this is bullshit camp. Um, like part of the reason the protests are so effective is because the NFL is massive and right, it's, exactly. it's televised. So you're mm-hmm. seeing these people protesting the national anthem, getting the world, getting their word out there. It's peaceful. And also the NFL has less strict standards for players who beat their wives and yeah. players who exactly. take part in criminal activity. Exactly. So it's just kind of like okay, you're really going to have such an such a weird, convoluted compromise for a peaceful protest that mm. really isn't harming anybody. It's just making no. your viewership angry. Right. Um, 
Which I but mean, I get I at mean, the same time I kind of get that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I get it because the NFL's ratings have been on a steady decline. Right. right. Um, and last year was their worst viewed year. Which, by the way, when we say like worst ratings, they still blow everything out of the oh, water. I mean, like, yes, they're of still course. killing it. But like capitalism says, a dip is bad because less right. money. Right. Um. So. I understand where the conservative voices in the NFL are coming from, but I am squarely in the "this is bullshit" camp. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, to, and to be, but to be fair, I, I honestly I can't think of like a a better compromise that these owners would have gone for. Like there are compromises that I would have liked, which is let them uh, protest uh, for like reduced fines or something like find find a different way to compromise with both sides, but. Um, uh, you know, these team owners are so split and um, some of them are like good friends with Donald Trump. You know what I mean? And some of them are like very anti Donald Trump. And it just seems like they couldn't have gotten a better compromise. So, And, and I will say that they are at least, uh, um, you know, looking out after their players, depending on what team you're on, you know, depending but, on what team you're on. Yeah. But overall, the the NFL itself is um, they're sort of like handing it off. They're saying we're not going to punish the player, but we're going to let the team decide what to do, um, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. So it's just the clusterfuck of a compromise and um, people are upset and hopefully they can find a better solution. Um, but I'm gonna be real with you all. It doesn't seem like they will. Yep. Kind of seems like this is it's, what we're going to get. Uh, it's not I, great. I mean, what, what could happen is that players just protest anyway. I mean, that's going to be the thing. I mean, players- yeah, I hope that's what happens. But, you know, if you're on an NFL team and that's your job, like. I know. It's, that's that. I, mean, I don't know if I what I would do if I were in that situation, you know. Exactly. Like, exactly. I believe in the platform, but also that's my job. <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll obviously keep up to date with how the NFL decides to handle this, but, um, it kind of seems like this is the policy we're stuck with and it's, uh, kind of bullshit. So everyone go watch basketball cause it is, uh, much better. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, uh, more white nonsense. This is actually a story that we totally missed cause we were gone, uh, while this story happened and it, it would have been like the highlight of our show. Like it, cause it is a story made for our show. I was talking to Edgar about it before we started recording and i was just like oh yeah we covered this and he was like no we were off that week we were, and i was like oh yeah oh yeah. dang we, we talked about it but we were off that week uh i am talking about the starbucks uh, uh anti-bias training story um so last or not last week but uh while we were go- uh, last month uh, uh starbucks made headlines when a uh, starbucks manager called the cops on two uh, black men who were just sitting in a Starbucks waiting for their friend. It is a story that went absolutely viral. I mean, uh, our listeners probably have you know, read the story, heard about it a million times, uh, but it was a big deal. And one of the things that came from that was that Starbucks said that they would have um, some racial bias training for all their employees um, later on. And that later on was yesterday. They actually did it yesterday. So yesterday in the afternoon, Starbucks shut down for, uh, a few hours to train, uh, over, I think it's like, I forgot what the number was, but it was some insane number, uh, uh, like thousands and thousands of employees across the nation, um, 
to train them on racial bias. And uh, there's some leaks of like the kind of stuff that was, you know, shown to uh, Starbucks employees. But there was, you know, apparently there was a video that was like voiced by Common um, and some other things and like um, a documentary made by a famous documentarian. I'm forgetting uh, his name, but about um, racial bias, of course. Um, and there was like these questionnaires that were given out to their employees that were like, when's the first time that you realized you were treated differently because of your race or when's the first time that this happened and when this happened. Um, and which sounds like typical stuff that happens whenever you're going through like, you know, bias training. Um, but it's a, it's a big deal when one of the biggest companies in the country decides to shut down all their stores for hours, losing a lot of business to do racial bias training. When Um, Starbucks first announced this, all of the white girls had a time. They were so angry. (laughs) They were like, why does Starbucks have to shut down because of one bad apple? I can't believe my favorite store is going to be closed for one day. I can't believe I'm not going to be able to get my pumpkin spice Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I know it's summertime. I know it's pumpkin spice is not it's, offered, but that's the whitest thing. Your I can hatred think of. of Starbucks is just I don't pouring hate Starbucks. I out hate, of you. I hate. You hate basic Starbucks girls. The white girls who are like, <laughs> why do they need to go through racial bias training? A lot. So, well, like Karen, did you not see what happened? Oh, oh my God! Oh, damn, putting Karen on blast. <laughs> uh, freaking Pusha Lithia over here calling. <laughs> Karen out over here. Sorry if your name is Karen. Yeah, sorry to our... We probably have a listener named Karen out there who's like, what the fuck? Love you, Karen. Love Uh, you. Karen, love you. I got a Starbucks gift card with your name on it. (laughs) But moving on. Yeah, so we didn't actually get to talk about the Starbucks story, so let's just go through it a little bit. When it happened, uh, what did you think? What were your thoughts when this happened? Were you... Well, my question actually was, were you blaming Starbucks itself, the institution, or were you blaming this, like, manager in this fucked up situation? Both? I mean, I think, like... I think, first of all, the manager. Right. Like, the reason Which was she was that fired men, immediately, by yes, the way. Yes, she was. But the manager, her reasoning was they were sitting there... And Not buying anything. They weren't buying anything, and they were right. waiting for a friend, which... People go to Starbucks and do that shit all the time because free Wi-Fi. Yes. And by the way, (laughs) Starbucks changed their policy and now they are allowing anybody to come into a Starbucks without ordering anything and just staying there. Yeah. So why did the police have to be called? Why? Exactly. Like there's, there's, there was literally no reason it had to get to that point. And it seemingly, when I read the story, I was just like, well, like, it's not like the guys were doing anything they were just sitting at the Starbucks. yeah it was a and you see the video and it's so heartbreaking but yeah that was like a terrible thing and some it was horrible really bad horrible and PR i don't for and like i yeah and i honestly don't know if she was out of line with starbucks's policy but obviously starbucks needed to make some changes to its policy well well, well i don't know i don't know about that actually i you know, so are you blaming Starbucks a little bit no, for I this? Don't, no, I'm not blaming Starbucks at all for this. I just think, like, I'm not sure what was in their policy to deal with those types of things. I, but none, glad, none of that was in the policy. That's yeah. why she was let go. Yeah, exactly. But I'm glad that they, A, took the time to be like, oh, this is a PR nightmare. We should, right. like, let's actively do something about it. Now, I don't, yeah, I don't blame Starbucks 
as a company, like this employee was obviously. Yeah. So, it, you know, well, and the interesting thing here and Starbucks got a lot of hate and a lot of flack. And, and I'll tell you now, there are a lot of companies that are super racist that happen. Like it yeah. happens all the time. Like Starbucks is not new. They hire racist. Every company, you know, hires racist. You yeah. bought an apple from a racist at a grocery store. Like that shit yeah. is just everywhere. It is a problem of society, not necessarily of Starbucks. But what's interesting is, uh, you know, all this backlash and, and like, you know, calls to boycott Starbucks and all these things. They never really went anywhere because I think a lot of people sort of realized like, hey, yeah. this was just, you know, the one one bad person. But I think still... people were like furious in the moment, right? And like right. understandably so because this is sort of like a this was not even sort of this was a bullshit situation. Right. Like why do the cops have to be called? So I think once people cooled off. But Starbucks decided, uh, let's go that extra mile yeah. and let's do this, ro- uh, this you know, bias training. So how do you feel about Starbucks doing that? Um, I can't think of a lot of companies that would do that, that would shut down. Not, not sounding like a Starbucks defender here, but I, I honestly can't think of a lot of companies that would shut down business to teach their employees about racial bias. And it's kind of sad that a corporation has to do it and it's not something that you know humans know or basic human rights that they figure out at school you know that they learn at school yeah i mean i feel like every every company should at least in my opinion do something like this now of course everyone goes yeah i was about to say everyone goes through training but Mm -hmm. i know at a lot of offices i've been at the training is like all right, we're going to take you through like this online 30 minute thing. And then you're going to know everything you need to know about harassment in the workplace. Right. uh, Which is like a wide range. And it's like a wide range of topics that they cover in like this 30 minute video slash quiz thing that you take online and then you're done. Right. Um, It's not like an actual intentional, like we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about it. We're going to do exercises and we're Mm going to actually talk about what bias means and how it manifests right um and i think every company could use more of that definitely i i think you know i think companies should look at starbucks as you know uh, not only as a warning but also as a you know advice to take which is let's do some bias training for our people to avoid even avoid a situation like this in the first place yeah kind of sad that corporations have to do it um, but like you, I have to do training and my job requires additional training uh, just because of the nature of my job. Um, but even in all the extensive training that I have to do, there really isn't uh, much on uh, racial bias and, and teachings uh, of how this affects people and the people around you. Um, so, you know, that is also something that should probably be addressed, like training people who are entering the workforce now, a lot of people were saying, you know, this isn't going to make a lot of big change for Starbucks. It's more of a PR move because, you know, real change comes from, you know, uh, training that is long lasting, not just an afternoon. Um, but some people argue this is a step in the right direction. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Where do you sort of stand there? I mean, I would argue that it's a step in the right direction. I would. Ar- it's worth a try, right? It is worth a try. I would like to see it become you know, like a continuous thing. Like maybe it's an annual thing, right? I think that is how you make sure it's long lasting. Like one day where you shut down doesn't account for people who weren't at work that day, people who come on later. That's true, right. You know, like 
it doesn't account for that. So you also have to have stuff in place for new employees, people who left camp. Like, you have to have stuff in place for every situation. You can't just do a one-day shutdown and say, all right, that's it. You also have to talk about how you train and hire new employees. What happens if the employee goes to a management level? Like, how does that, how do you do another right. type of training right. for that sort of position? Like, right. I think there's a lot of levels and there's a lot of complexity and you have to sit down and make a plan for that. Yeah, and I think, you know, for the most part, Starbucks seems like a company that has their shit together. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, like to uh, um, sort of diss on Starbucks because they, because they, you know, it's a certain image and there's certain clientele that they get, but they as a company for the longest time has sort of been one of the, those sort of progressive companies who who've made a lot of uh, choices that your typical company wouldn't, um, you know, and they're like famous for supporting veterans, uh, for their supporting their communities. Um, and there's a Starbucks in every corner. So that's yeah. like, that means a lot when they do, um, you know, and, and as much flack, they have like a huge college scholarship ex- program, exactly. as like... much flack as they get, they do do a lot of good. And, you know, I get those criticisms that people are giving Starbucks, but for me, this is a huge step in the right direction. A huge corporation is doing this. Like, that doesn't happen all the time, you know? Like, that's a, a big deal. It sucks that it had to happen this way, uh, but, you know, it's still a big deal. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, and I'm sure uh, it's not the end of, 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 of this drama, and we'll probably hear... Uh, more later on there's like a case about uh, a starbucks barista earlier on like uh, literally a week before writing a a, like a racist thing for a hispanic customer um and that's just what happens when you're in the service industry and there's racist people you know like you can't control everything starbucks is a huge company and as such they hire a lot of people and as such they're not gonna hire like 100 percent socially conscious people it happens it happens um But let's move on to probably the biggest white ne- white nonsense story Woof. of the week, maybe of the year. Uh, this is a huge, huge story. Roseanne Barr. Of course, everyone knows what happened by now. Roseanne Barr's show has been canceled after she went on a Twitter uh, uh, tirade where she decided to be, you know, just a little bit racist, just a tiny bit racist. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, wow. What a crazy, crazy story. Um, so let me let me just, you know, run y'all through it. So Roseanne, of course, uh, her show came back uh, to critical acclaim. A lot of people really, really liked it. Um, and it was commercially successful. It was a huge deal for ABC. It was one of those like uh, uh, successful reboots that a lot of people weren't expecting. And um, it was so successful that they had actually ordered a second season and were about to enter production. Uh, One of the main producers for the show was Wanda Sykes. Uh, Of course, Roseanne returned and a lot of the major cast, including John Goodman. Um, A lot of uh, attention was put on the show because Roseanne Barr is a huge Trump supporter. Um, And a lot of the people on the show are very anti-Trump. So you had this very interesting show uh, that dealt with the family where half the family was very anti-Trump and Roseanne Barr was a very vocal Trump supporter. And it was also like one of the very few TV shows on television with a vocal Trump supporter as the lead, you know? And, and you know, a lot of people were like, 
um, there's a lot of think pieces. There's a lot about it. Like, is this a, a good thing? Is this a bad thing? A lot of people are very upset by the show. Um, just even giving Roseanne a platform. Um, but you know, there are a lot of progressive people who worked on this show. Um, and I actually never saw an episode, so I can't really speak to the quality, but I know a lot of people liked it. Did you watch an episode? Nope. You did not. So we, <laughs> we can't talk about the, the quality of it, but we can talk about what happened, uh, with Roseanne. So, uh, yesterday she, she's blaming Ambien. She had some Ambien. <laughs> Although there was a great caught by tweet to that too. There's just... Jesus Christ. So, uh, yeah, so she, claiming she was on Ambien. Anyway, so she decided to uh, go on this whole weird, crazy rant against Chelsea Clinton and connecting her with Soros. It was like this huge deal. Ended up not even being true or whatever. Uh, but then she went on to uh, go after Valerie Jarrett, who is a Obama advisor or was an Obama advisor during his administration. Um, and she tweeted, this about uh, Jared, she tweeted, Muslim Brotherhood in Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ, Valerie Jarrett. So, wow. Very obviously, very racist. Horribly racist, disgusting tweet. I mean, just absolutely horrendous. Vile. And she knew she fucked up the moment she tweeted it. She started apologizing profusely after it. Damage was done. Immediately, ABC canceled her show i've never this is like an industry first i've never seen it happen this fast it was crazy so abc uh sent out a press release which was one, one sentence. sentence long and uh I'll, I'll read it out um here we go roseanne's twitter statement is abhorrent repugnant and inconsistent with our values and we have decided to cancel her show that was the statement by abc which is just crazy like i've never seen a network just cancel a show that quick and a show that made them money you know like a show that was profitable for them and they were like yeah no we out yeah no i do want to point out that the abc entertainment president um channing dungy Mm -hmm. is a woman of color she's a black woman yeah and but but also she's one of the people who fought for the show at the beginning i was about to say but she also you know is one of the people who helped put it on air (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, put Roseanne back in the spotlight. Yeah, I, I well, you know, I, I'm conflicted about it because for you know a lot of accounts are saying like that, like it was a powerful show, like it 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 could have been something great, um, but at the same time, like Roseanne's out here, you know, saying all these crazy racist shit, and guess what? Her name is the show. Like, yeah, I mean, like her I've, name is the show. That's a you can't yeah you can't take that away. Roxanne Gay wrote a really great opinion article on the New York Times and she said something paramount to like it's as you know a lot of the cast came out saying like these comments are really abhorrent and we hope you know like the comments of one cast member don't you know affect like the good thing the good things we did and Roxanne Gay rightly so was like it's like if one of Justin Bieber's backup dancer it's like if Justin Bieber went on a horribly racist rant and one of his backup dancers was like don't take what one member of the band (laughs) said and did I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with that Roseanne is of like a storied show that has a lot of meaning in American culture that's been around for a a long time and And I agree with that but it's also so I would Roseanne Barr's namesake and she's a creator you know 
I'm yes, but I mean that doesn't change the fact that John Goodman is on the show. It doesn't change the fact that all these different people were on the show and that the show had this like hugely impactful yeah. thing. Like it was a show for working class people for the longest time and that meant something. I mean it's the same thing with Bill Cosby. Like Bill Cosby's an absolute monster, but that show meant something to the black community. Yeah. It meant something for America. And like I feel I feel for all of the people who, Exactly. The worker you know, the writers, the uh Especially the actors. trade people who like had a steady gig and now suddenly exactly. poof. Like I, I mean Rose, Roseanne totally she fucked it up. And, and, and you know, not being totally fair to Roseanne because I'm not a fan. <laughs> but anyways, she's definitely uh you know realized her mistake and has been profusely apologizing but um, Dan, I mean, Dan, her like a hot potato. Everybody, yeah, everybody. So even her talent agency has decided to drop her as a client. Like it is a big deal. People are leaving her. Um, Donald Trump weighed in. He called out Bob Iger, who owns Disney, who um, you know, who runs Disney, who obviously owns ABC, and he's like, "Why haven't anybody? Why hasn't anybody called him out for all the mean things he said to me?" That is a literal tweet that Donald Trump sent. Oh, oh my dear. god! Uh, yeah, this is a wild situation. Me personally, I'm just speaking personally. I am uh, glad the show is canceled um, because this is one of those few rare cases. I'm I'm with you, Olivia. She is this very vocal mouthpiece, and she means a lot to that show. And while there are, a, a, you know, supposedly I haven't seen the show, a lot of great things, or the most recent season of the show, there are a lot of great things going on. Um, it's not really time to play around with that stuff. And, you know, there is one, like you can be honestly, for me, you can say you're a Trump supporter and that may piss me off and we may have some things to talk about, but I'm not canceling you. But when you start saying racist ass shit, it's done. You're over. You compared this woman to an ape. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's over. Cancel the show. It's done. Wanda Sykes is like, I'm not even returning. Like, fuck this noise. Uh, it's good news. Like, I'm sorry. It just had to happen. And I do want to point out, Roseanne Barr has been, like, touting conspiracy theories. For, for and, a like, while now. racist shit. Yes. For, for a while. For a while now. Around, like, like 2008. it doesn't absolve anyone for, you know, I think... Roseanne was a very influential and very, you know, beloved show for working class people. Doesn't absolve. She herself was a very important figure for a lot of people. Yeah, too. she was. Um, especially since, you know, she was the creator and the showrunner, like, you know, of a major television show. That's a big deal for a woman back when Roseanne exactly. was airing. Exactly. Um, and I don't want to take away from that, but it's, I don't think that absolves people who were a part of rebooting the show whether or not they had good intentions you know like you like, interesting i i, I wouldn't go that i wouldn't go that far i don't far. know man you get like she she's been touting the shit for a while like do you like i feel yeah i feel yeah of the show i, I feel yeah i wouldn't do its, it yeah, i wouldn't do it i think the show had its place but like Everyone, the show should have never happened. Yeah. Like, like it should have never been exactly. rebooted. Like, why did you reboot it if you knew that this was, you know, in the age of Twitter, like, you have all the receipts. I don't, you know, whether you had good intentions or not, and whether you, like, I think the concept of the show is really interesting. I just think there have been, there are ways to do it better. Like, I don't know if you ever watched the Carmichael show. 
Mm-mm. But I feel like the Carmichael show is a really good example of that, where they had... I mean, to be fair, neither of us have seen this new season that of Roseanne. That is true. That's I want to say. That's very true. But there are, you know, there are ways to do it with, like, not polarizing people. Like, the Carmichael show was a great example of that, where they had characters whose leanings were more conservative and they had a lot of conflicting opinions in the room and like each episode was just them talking about it like there was an episode on abortion and on birth control and there was an episode on guns and there was an episode on right there's a way to have a show where you can have have these debates right to have these debates without shitty problematic people i think i I mean I, i i don't uh, I'll say I, I don't really agree with you 100% there, but I do agree that the show just ne- didn't need to happen. Like, it didn't need to happen. It didn't need to happen in the first place. But it did, you know? And, um, you know, Roseanne lost her opportunity. She fucking... She shot herself she in the foot. Like she real bad. She fucked this up for herself. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is... It's a wild story. I mean, I just hope all those trade people find jobs on other ABC shows. Like, yeah, I know, and that's the other sort of crazy thing is that you know ABC's the you know ABC's the home for shows like Blackish for Fresh Off the Boat, uh, two shows that I love. Although I haven't been keeping up with Fresh Off the Boat, I need to return. But uh, Blackish, absolutely adore uh, these like really progressive shows about people of color, um, and it's like you know it's really interesting. Um, that it, they 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 were the network that you know rebooted uh, Roseanne after, like you said, we had known about Roseanne's um, you know crazy views. Um, and, and I, I you know I, I apologize. I hesitate saying that word crazy because um, I know there's a lot of like mental in me, mental illness conversation around Roseanne, especially after uh, the 2008 election when a lot of people feel like. Um, you know, that's when her sort of turning to more conservative and conspiracy theories happen after the loss of uh, Hillary Clinton to uh, Barack Obama. That's when her whole like anti Barack Obama ness started because she really felt that uh, Hillary Clinton deserved to be president. It was like a it was like a big deal. Like a lot of people say that's when she turned and um, and I can't speak to that. I am I don't know her personally. I don't know. I know there are a lot of people who really care about her. Some famous people, some very like progressive people like Jimmy Kimmel was out there saying like, Hey, I get it. Like Roseanne fucked up, uh, but she has a mental illness. And um, I, there are a lot of, you know, really interesting people who I respect, who care a lot about Roseanne and are seeing a woman um, in need of something. And I don't know, I don't want to speak to it because again, you know, when it comes to mental illness, I am, I don't want to armchair diagnose anybody and, uh, it is not my place. Uh, but just know it is a much more complicated issue. And if she does need help, I, I hope she gets the help she needs. And I hope this is a huge fucking wake up call. Like this is, this is bad. You (laughs) cannot compare people to apes. No, you cannot do it. No, no, not at all. It is not okay. Not okay. Um, and that show that show needed to be canceled. So yep. it happened. Um, okay. Wow. What a, what a crazy week Woo! for white nonsense. Some dumb ass shit happened, didn't it? Um, anyways, we're gonna take a be- uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we return, we'll talk about some good things. So uh, let's talk about 
video games. We always have a lot of fun when we're talking about video games. Video games. Um, this is actually a, um, uh, this, well, you know, this is a good news story for me, but this might be some bad news for some people. <laughs> So, uh, Battlefield uh, Five uh, is a, or Battlefield is a very famous uh, sh- first-person shooter series, uh, video game series, um, and their most recent installment, Battlefield Five, the trailer came out for it, and it featured women prominently in the trailer, and women will be available uh, for gameplay in the actual game, and that caused a huge, huge uproar. Uh, uh, from a lot of people in the video game community. We've talked about this before, Gamergate, and this like you know huge uh, uh, movement of um, men, really men, who are upset at sort of women's rise in the video game industry and just in video games in general. Um, and it's really nasty stuff. We did a whole episode on it, so if you dig you know, through the archives, you can way, find it. Way, way back. Yeah, way back. You can find it and... It, 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 it is a very complicated thing, and this is just sort of one of those offshoots of it. So you had this movement of men who were very upset by this trailer. So Battlefield Five. Is, I was about to say, for those of us uninitiated. So yeah, so Battlefield Five is a video game that will take place during World War Two. Um, the Battlefield uh, games take place all over in the future, in the past, uh, most famously World War One. They were like one of the first video games ever to tackle World War One because most video games tackle World War Two. Um, it's the most famous of the world. Exactly. Wars. Exactly. Um, and so they're, they're, you know, they're going back to World War II for this installment, and they are actually focusing on uh, one of the theater fronts of the war that isn't typically talked about, which is Scandinavia. Uh, usually, when people think of World War II, they think of Germany or Japan, like they think of Western Europe or uh, the Pacific theater of war. But here, they're focusing on a, you know. A, a, a relatively unknown, at least to us in the U.S., obviously in Europe, it is much closer to home, uh, a theater of war. And in the Scandinavian theater of war, women played a much more prominent role during World War II. Um, so that's why women got featured in the trailer, because they're going to be important playable characters. Of course, a lot of these men who are claiming historical accuracy were very upset. They're like, what? Women weren't fighting in World War II and blah, blah, blah. And they were just, this is not historically accurate. And that's when you put your big glasses and be like, but actually. But actually. Uh, turn it so, back on them. So what? You're, okay, so you might be wondering, Edgar, why is this good news? Well, unlike a lot of different video game developers, uh, the developers for Battlefield uh, uh, Five have actually doubled down on uh, their choice and their support of women. And they've just said, hey, you know what? Fuck off, y'all. Not only are we going to do this, but it's going to become like the standard. And we're doubling down on this idea. And we're going to make this a thing. And there's nothing you, you know, people can do. And um, actually, you know, who these people are, they actually have a name for their movement. It is hashtag not my battlefield, (laughs) which uh, the developers responded with hashtag everyone's battlefield which is just nice. uh fantastic uh yeah so how do you feel about this this is like awesome news because this developer saying hey fuck y'all we're gonna do this anyway even if you don't like it fuck yeah i think it's great i think yeah i think just the whole concept of the video game is very interesting like exploring mm-hmm. a theater of war that wasn't right isn't, isn't typically like, talked about isn't right. very typically talked about at least in our history books um, exploring the fact that 
women are indeed a part of war. Right. They have always have been. Yes. Um, and they were even like, in a fighting capacity. Well, what's so insane is that they were like a huge part of World War II. Even even the women who weren't fighting, like they yeah. kept the countries running while the men were gone. You know what I mean? Like women were hugely important so, to the war. I good on the battlefield developers for doubling down and being like, "Fuck y'all, we're gonna." Yeah, it's like we're gonna make this even more prominent. You know, so. but it's it's awesome because you you might think like, oh, wouldn't you bend to like? Because the majority of the people who are gonna play your game are men. You know what I mean? And like, do you want to risk it? But they're like, yeah, fuck it. Like, this is what we believe, and this is the right thing to do, and we're gonna do it. And you know what? All these people are complaining, but they'll probably buy the game and they'll still play it. You know, oh, like yeah. it's it's you know it's, that's not gonna change anything. Uh, so shout out to the Battlefield Five developers. Uh, forgetting the name of their development company right now. We'll we'll post that in the description. But anyways, shout out to them because that was fucking awesome. Very cool. Tell me something good, Olivia. All right. My something good is actually really, really wild. Yeah, um, this is crazy. There was a video that went viral mm-hmm. of this dude scaling a building. Yes. To actual save a t- Spider-Man. Actual Spider-Man who... Saved a toddler yes, a from a four-year-old who was hanging off the ledge. He like saw him from the ground and literally scales up the side of this building yeah. to save this child. It's it's a crazy video. It look, is like, a look it up. You need to see video, this. But we now know who this yes. French Spider-Man is. This video happened in France, by the way. Yes. So we now know who the French Spider-Man is. His name is Mamadou Gassama. He's a 22-year-old immigrant from Mali. Mm-hmm. Um, the video goes viral. He becomes this hero in France and gains support from the French government to become a French citizen. He actually just met with the president of France yes. who approved the process for him to become a citizen. Um and he wants to become a part of the fire department, like Right. All things on the up and up. He's like um, this heroic man. It was just like a good round out to the story, you know? Mm-hmm. This dude saved this boy. He's an immigrant. He gets, you know, and then now he has like a very clear path to citizenship because of his heroism and because of the good deeds they've done. Um, right. And, you know, I think a lot in Western countries, especially, there's mm-hmm. been sort of this bout of xenophobia yes. and racism. Yes. Um, I think we, you know, we talked about the French election between Macron and Le Pen mm-hmm. and who, how close that and was. how <laughs> close that was. And Marie Le Pen's like truly toxic and venomous attitude towards immigrants. Yes. Um, so to see the story coming out of France is really nice. Um, and just to see that, you know, there is a different narrative, you know, there's a different narrative, um, to an immigrant story besides crime or illegality or desperation or any of those things. You know, I think we often talk about marginalized people as if they're not real people. And it's just good to see this person being touted as the hero he truly is. Right. Because, again, watch the footage. It's... It's amazing. It's amazing footage. He, like, this, this is a very tall building. That this guy is yeah, scaling up. He jumps like four stories. Like, we're not like, even joking. He just scales in no it time. and saves this young boy. Uh, just a- astonishing video. 
Um, and yeah, like Olivia said, I, I think w- another reason that it made me so happy and, and it was like such a great thing is that we saw this story of this immigrant hero and the value that immigrants bring to uh, a, a country, a society, you know, because a lot of people, uh, a, a lot of xenophobic thought and people are thinking, you know, they're, they're a drain on society, but really immigrants are like everyone else. Uh, and not only like everyone else, there are like heroic immigrant people who have absolute courage and bravery and this uh, 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 young man just scaled the building and saved this young boy without like a second thought like he just did it to save this boy and that's just wonderful and he's like I want to be a fireman like oh my god like who who wants to be a fireman he wants to become a citizen to save more people that's amazing like that's just so wonderful um and you know he met with the mayor of paris and he met with uh macron and it was like a, a big deal and they're supporting his uh, uh, uh attempt to settle in france and there's like this path to citizenship um it's just all really really great news um i I don't know this is just a wonderful story we always hear these terrible things and it's great to see it and it's great to see it go viral because you know a lot of people are seeing it and hopefully it shines a light and people realize, Hey, you know, immigration doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, not to make it about immigration. Cause of course, you know, he's a heroic man himself, but, but uh, I think when you have such a positive story but it's awesome. about an immigrant coming out of exactly. France, that is like the U S and like a lot of Western countries right now, deeply divided and deeply xenophobic, like that underbelly is showing for mm-hmm. a lot of these places. Having this story come out of a place like that is really, Really, you know, tugs on the heartstrings. Feels good. Feels good. All right, let's let's end the show with uh, a quick discussion. Uh, I wanted to have this discussion because I saw I saw this blow up on Twitter and I was like, this is one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Uh, of course, we famously did a whole episode on Elon Musk. It's one of our most popular episodes. Go back if you've not listened to it. Go back and listen Elon to it. Elon Musk, the man, the yes. myth. Uh, we did an Elon Musk explainer. Elon Musk is a very fascinating figure, and he can't be quite pinned down, especially when it comes to his thoughts on uh, politics and just uh, society in general. <laughs> He's the same guy who warns us about a robot uprising and also thinks we need to go to Mars to survive as the human race, which yep. is, you know, crazy wild stuff. And also he makes, you know, electric cars and spaceships. Like, he's he's a wild man. Uh, anyway, so, you know, what? okay, what, what happened with Elon Musk? Why is this important? Besides him dating Grimes, which is a hu- huge also story wild. for us, at least for our friend group. We were like, wait, what? Like, we need this explained. We need to know what's going on here. I remember they meet? somebody posted on? a meme on our group chat being like, who are you with when you found out Elon Musk <laughs> and Grimes were dating? And half of the group chat was like, they're dating? I know. It was like, what in the world? Yeah, it was it was a... Uh, it was an interesting thing. But anyway, so besides that, uh, so Elon Musk recently has been getting a lot of flack. Um, so he's been doing like these like uh, earnings calls for all his various companies, all his 100 million companies that he has. Uh, one of, you know, one of those main companies is the Boring Company. It is a company that builds underground tunnels and uh, to connect uh, cities with a Hyperloop. But also they sell flamethrowers. Not even joking. That is. Yep. That is the thing that the Boring Company does. Anyways, uh, you know, he was questioned by these journalists during these uh, open calls. And, you know, Musk was starting to feel a lot of uh, heat 
uh, from journalists and from news organizations that he does he hadn't necessarily gotten before. Elon Musk has been sort of propped up by uh, media, especially tech media, as the sort of pioneer of the industry and the savior, you know. And um, for the longest time, oh, there's been a lot of Elon Musk fanfare. So when there's like critical articles about him, it is a very rare thing. There have been a few in the past, but you know, it sort of seems like more and more were coming up and Elon Musk was not having it. He's not a happy camper about this. So he decided to go on Twitter and have another rant uh, like Roseanne Barr. No. Well, no, not like Roseanne Barr, not racist, but uh, he did decide. Interesting to have, though. He did decide to have this huge rant where he decided to attack the media and fake news. And it sounds very Donald Trumpy-ish. It actually. does. Um, and he started like, uh, you know, it, it's very complicated and there's a lot going on. And he had like interactions with uh, some pretty important and famous journalists actually during this Twitter rant. Uh, but it all boiled down to this, which is he wants to start a um, new website uh, called Pravada or Pravda, Pravda, um, which is named after famous uh, communist newspaper um, in, in Russia <laughs> back during the USSR. Um, but he wants to name, he, he wants this website to rate uh, journalists and uh, organizations on their trustworthiness. And he wants it to be um, outsourced to users. So it's very similar to Reddit where, you know, they upvote uh, certain stories and downvote others. So he wants to leave it up to the users and the users get to decide what stories are trustworthy, what journalists are trustworthy. Um, that's a wild concept. That is... Yeah. So, uh, of course, a lot of journalists uh, had, you know, pushed back on this idea. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of, you know, Musk supporters who thought this was a great idea. And there's some people in the middle. Um, but some people were arguing, instead of maybe doing this where you put, like, the media against users, m you know, maybe that's not the best way to go about it. Maybe you support websites like Snopes or PolitiFact, you know, like, support these websites that are very neutral but then some people argued yeah but no one reads those websites or cares for the truth on those websites you know uh, which brings up a, a very interesting point um so i don't know the, you know uh, we could get into all the weeds here there's a lot going on here but let's just focus on this sort of abstract main conversation here elon musk wants to change the news and wants to end fake news by outsourcing it to the user how do you feel about that Bruh, the news is already so polarized. <laughs> like, it is, people already have, like, faction lines drawn right. with the news they consume. It's all, there's already an echo chamber effect going on. You start this site, mm -hmm. I, like, outsourcing it to the users means that a campaign is going to be started somewhere, either on Tumblr or on 4chan or on Reddit or wherever, where it's just like, let's just spam the site. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and <laughs> like some people made to, that argument. Yeah, like you have to, you like think, you have to think about it a little bit. And like, I get where he's coming from. The media definitely has its problems. Yes. And, but I think it's, you know, it just feels a little bit disingenuous because it's like, I'm going to do this because I'm feeling the heat now. Instead yeah, of a like, a lot of people brought that up. You know, instead of actually trying to. Yeah, where was this idea years ago? You know yeah, what I mean? like, where you know, was this? like it's it's be you know it just seems disingenuous, and I think, you know, there are a lot of people doing a lot of great work to 
like you said, Snopes, PolitiFact, like neutral news sites. Like, how do we make that more appealing to people so that they can make up their own opinions? How do... I mean, but some people might argue Elon Musk is that appealing factor. You know what I mean? That's Dude's true. a rock star. He is a rock star. If anyone star. could do it, it, could it be him? Yeah. That, I people mean, that's love, the whole thing. Like, why, why start your own, like hot or not <laughs> journalist <laughs> like hot or not you know that. like hot or not for journalists <laughs> right like i just you know i think Maggie someone Edelman, could write some hot. someone <laughs> could write something the site could get spammed like especially the way news and what, journalism but do you think works it'd be like reddit where you know uh the, the overall the good outweighs the bad type deal where like users will say hey i see that people are spamming here uh, let's adjust to make up for that. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's the argument Musk is making is that the users themselves will find a way to sort of balance it all out. And even Musk said himself, he was like, you know, news organizations, if you feel so strongly against this, write articles and convince your readers to vote against this website. And he's like, I'll leave it up to the readers. If they don't want it, we won't do it. Uh, which I think is kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Still feels disingenuous to me, but I think, you know, it, it. he is attacking it in a very Elon Musk way. That's true. You know, where he's just like, well, then we'll just leave it up to the people. And it just, it, it, uh, it is one of those things yeah, it's like, do, do we trust well, the people the, in 2018? You know, right. if the people don't want it, we won't do it. And it's like, but what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what does it mean if the readers don't want it? We I'm, won't t- do it? I'm torn on this whole thing. Like, yeah. part, part of me is like, yeah, Elon, like, you know, I'm with you. Like, there's definitely uh, uh, some like... problems with the media. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, I don't think you're quite, like, I, I don't think this idea quite fixes what you think. It's not. I, he, I think do he, it. he has to, like, spend, I don't know how much time he spent thinking about this, but, like. I mean, apparently to... a lot. Like, this has been weighing heavy yeah. on him. I mean, um, gotta... And he had, like, a name thought out and everything. Like, yeah. you know, and he's like, he wants to make this a thing. And he can, I mean, Elon Musk is the type of person that could just hire the most amazing team to do something. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah, could true. get it done. But, you know, I I just, I don't know if I trust, you know, Musk 100% with this. And it's I like, do not. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, there are a lot of things that Musk does that I'm like, you know what? I can't, I, I can get behind this. Like, you know, it, it, even though there's some unsavoriness around it. I can see where you're going with it. And I have to be honest with you. There are some parts of his argument here that I'm like, okay, a little bit because you know, I'm, you know, I spend a lot of time online. I spend a lot of time on Twitter and I see the way that these stories go and the way that people will read headlines and run with it. And it is a problem, but it's just like, yo must think of the timing just because you're feeling the heat. You decide to come up with this. Um, and it was also kind of weird, but at the same time, it was also kind of weird to see a lot of these like media organizations sort of ban up, you know, band together and we're like, fuck Musk, whatever. And it's like, why is everything so fucking tribal, you know? And like I yeah. said, that, that's going to be another episode we need to talk about yeah. how tribal and I mean, the world has gotten. That's but, true. And I mean, I get where the journalists are coming from. They feel attacked. I mean, this is a know. threat to them. It is. Um, but, you know, it's. Yeah, I just don't. Professor, but exactly. Like, I just don't know that this is. Did you use that website? I did. I mean, isn't that like an argument for what Elon Musk is doing, though? 
I mean, I guess sort of, but I think I there's yes. a diff. I mean, yeah, but I think there's a. I think that takes I out didn't all the. Use com- it, by the way. Huh? I didn't use it, by oh. the way. I think that, but I think that takes out all of the context and like nuance between about like news in our current political I mean, landscape. Same th- current- but same thing for a professor, like the context and nuance, just because some people didn't like the class. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I kind of, I kind of see where Musk is coming from. I kind of think there needs to be a better way of going about it. Definitely. Yeah. But a little bit, it makes. But like, I mean, I just sense. think. I just think a lot of like I think that rate my professor example just takes out a lot of nuance of like the political climate, the way news is working, both good and bad, right? Like I think there's a lot of good journalism happening, but I think there's a lot of like oh, we have to like to Musk's point, they have to deal with advertisers, they have to deal with the 24-hour news cycle, they have to figure out clicks and view rates and all right. of this stuff exactly. like I think there are valid points to both. I'm just not sure that this is the way. And I could be totally wrong. He could launch no. it and it could be like. No, I mean, overall, overall, I'm with you. I think yeah. at the end of the day, we both side on the Musk, maybe not you to do this. Like, I, I get where you're coming from, but eh, hold your horses, dude. Um so, I mean, I don't know where this is going to go. This is super fascinating. I don't know if this is actually... I mean, at least he has that, an idea for reform. Yeah, I don't know if this is actually going to happen. Like, there's so many unanswered I questions. Know. And there was a lot of, like, unsavory things that we didn't get into, but a lot of, like, the Musk supporters were sending, like, very anti-Semitic messages to a lot of journalists. Like, the Musk mob is a real thing. It's like That's Bernie true. Bros, you know, like... That, you know people just, i people idolize the dude like a god it's they like do, they do which know. hero worship is a, a very very it's bad very thing. dangerous thing very dangerous thing uh, but yeah so um I, I don't know this this musk story is probably one that we will keep our eye on because if this actually becomes a thing it it is a meaningful change for uh the news industry and we'll see um well we'll see what it means for it ongoing. Uh, Cause really it could go anywhere. Like you said, it could be the most horrible thing or, it, you know, it may, it may actually be a good thing. Who knows? I yeah. really don't. Um, okay. That has been our episode for the week. Um, a lot. Wow. This was a jam packed episode, but I feel like there was a lot that we just needed to talk about. Yeah. Especially, especially a lot of, uh, white nonsense. So much, <laughs> so much, uh, as always, you can listen to our podcast everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, but especially on iTunes, leave us a review and let us know how we're doing and check us out on our social media at minority pod everywhere, except Facebook, where we are the whole thing. Uh, talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.